All right, if you're turning with me in your Bibles, we're going to start in Romans 13. We're going to be in Romans 13, verse 10 is where we're going to start. But I want to start out today by saying Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to my mom and my grandmother's here. Happy Mother's Day. Without both of you, I wouldn't be here. So honor y'all today. Um, and Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers in the room and listening and some of the mothers are going on to heaven already represented here i say happy mother's day to all of you and we honor you the sacrifices that you made just to have a child is a sacrifice just the pregnancy and having the child so today we honor you anna jarvis held a memorial service at saint andrew's methodist church in Grafton, West Virginia in 1908. That was the first Mother's Day service that was held to honor mothers. And she thought it would be a great idea to honor her mother. It became an official U.S. holiday in 1914. And now we celebrate mothers and I think it's a really good thing. Mothers should probably have more than one day a year, but at least we do have the one day. I've lived every year. It's weird when I study for a Mother's Day message because I, I start thinking about my own life and my own mom. And then I think about Jesse, the mom of my three boys. And it's weird as the years keep going by. Like now, I've witnessed Jesse as a mother longer than I witnessed my own mom as a mother. Like that's weird to think about. Like I had moved out of mom's house and now it's Malachi's about to be 20 so it's pretty crazy how fast time goes by and so I just start out the message by telling you like we just said happy Mother's Day but if your mother is still alive or around or you're able to go speak to her say something to her honor her give her a gift uh, celebrate her because time goes quick it goes real quick One thing I do know is that moms love their kids, sometimes to a fault. Uh, sometimes, you know, from the outside looking in, you'll be like, why? Well, why do you keep sticking up for him? He's a dummy. But mamas love their kids, almost to a fault. But then I think about in Scripture how we read that God is a father. But we're told in Scripture that, that God has the heart of a mother. And so by looking at the way that your mother loves you or other mothers love their children, we get a glimpse into the heart of God, like what God's heart looks like. And I think a lot of times we talk about God as the father, and we preach about the prodigal son and all these stories that, that, that give us this great look at, at God as the father. But today when we talk about the mother's you to think about that's a great glimpse of the heart of God is the love of a mother how God loves you you ever heard of the mothership mothership you know what that means a large vehicle that leads serves or carries other small vehicles well that's a mom she was the vehicle that brought you into this world Some of your moms may have even said this. 
I brought you into this world and... Oh, yeah, so y'all knew that one. Did your mom ever say any of these? I just wrote down a few things. So see if... I'll say the first part and then you guys finish it and we'll see if your mom's ever said any of these same things because... Y'all did so good on that one. I wasn't sure if I was going to do these. If y'all would have missed that first one, I would have just skipped right over this part of my notes. But y'all did a great job, so we'll try some of these. If I've told you once. Oh, okay. This one I heard a lot. This hurts me. And I always thought, no, it doesn't. Why don't you hand me the stick and let me spend? Like, no, it, it hurts me worse. But now that I'm older, I see where she was coming from. Is what I'm supposed to say, but I don't really. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've had it up to. If I want your opinion. Dang. you don't stop crying if you're too sick to go to school well it used to be too sick to go outside but now it's too sick to play video games it depends on if you're an older mother or a younger one I think For you uh, younger people, outside is a place where there's like trees and rocks and sticks and things. And you can go run around and explore. It's, it's really cool. It made me into the man I am today. If you can't say something nice, I'll treat you like an adult when you start. Oh, so all y'all had the same mom as me? Or did they learn these sayings in mom's school? Are these just smart things that you can say as a mother? If evolution really worked, then moms would probably have more than two hands. I'm just thinking. My mom is one of my favorite parents. And 50% of all parents are moms. Y'all know that? No matter what they had going on, all of your mothers were at your birth. And some of your moms got it right, and some of them maybe not so much. But you all have a mom. And I guarantee you there's love in her heart for you. Moms aren't perfect. Can I get an amen? But neither are kids. None of them. Amen. We're all just humans. And did you know that you were called to honor your mother? Scripture tells us honor your mother and father. That's one of the Ten Commandments, actually. And you'll live long on the earth. You're actually commanded to honor your mother. And it's not just for her. It's for you. If they, oh, I have to honor my mother. 
so that she'll feel good or no it's it's actually for you too like you benefit you benefit you benefit from showing honor as Christians we should be known for a spirit of honor like we should have we should have created a culture of honor in our lives and in our church like it should become a habit a life a pattern that we live our lives by like we should honor so I'm talking about mothers this morning because it's Mother's Day but what I really want to talk about today is honor and if we want to look like God we're supposed to honor and I'm going to tell you several different categories of people that we're supposed to honor and we're supposed to honor God and and if we want to look like Jesus we want to look like God we got to choose to honor because to honor someone is a choice you may not realize that like you say well I just don't feel it I don't honor that person well to honor someone is a choice you can choose that and you can create a pattern of that and if honor is in you it comes out it, it will come out so we're going to look at Romans 13:10 to start out Romans 13:10 I was going to read a lot more here but I want to just stay right on on honor so go back and read this whole chapter later it talks about love and what we're supposed to look like as Christians and Paul really breaks it down in a practical way but I just want to read you verse 10 be devoted to one another in brotherly love honor one another above yourselves so who's he talking about there one another each other everybody in the family in brotherly love anybody else that's a Christian or part of the church or your brothers and your sisters you're supposed to honor one another above yourself you're supposed to put them above yourself last week you know we ended the service by talking about serving people is the greatest way to humble yourself under the hand of God is to serve somebody else. That's why we're all called to serve. Honor one another above yourself. ESV translation and really several other translations, they word it like this. Outdo one another in showing honor. Like it's a competition. Like, no, I'm going to honor you. No, I'm going to honor you more. If we go out, I'm going to take you out to eat at a restaurant, and I'm going to get the bill. I'm going to pay because I want to honor you by taking you out to eat. And then when we get there, you sneak over and talk to the waitress, and I don't see, and you honor me by paying for the bill. That's what Paul's saying. This is what God's people should look like. We should be trying to outdo each other in showing honor and respect and, and calling out the good things in each other. When you choose to honor someone, lots of times, and I'm saying this from personal experience, when you choose to honor someone, lots of times it humbles them and they become more honorable. You think, man, if I honor her, or if I honor him and, and do all this and I'm then it's going to give them a big head and they're going to get all cocky. And, but actually, if you're honoring somebody, usually it humbles them. I know when I've been honored or like y'all have given me gifts for pastor's appreciation or things like that that happen, like it actually humbles me. It actually makes me feel like, wow. 
You know, I'm blessed. This person is choosing to honor me. This person is choosing to brag on me. A couple weeks ago, I think it was, uh, Tracy came up after a service and just honored me about the message that I had brought and the studying and the, and the time that goes into it and that he could tell. Like, that humbles me. That doesn't make me feel like cocky or, or get a big head. When I became pastor, some of y'all know that we're here then, like, I wasn't very good at it. But there were people that honored me. I believe some of y'all in here that were here back then, I don't even know if you honored me at that time as your pastor and leader, but you honored the call that was on me. Did you know you can do that? Even if you can't honor the person, you can choose to honor the call that's on their life. Because sometimes people just, to be honest with you, they're not honorable. Or they're just not qualified or experienced or don't seem like they can. But, but you can choose to honor the call that God placed on their life. And then you know what happens? A lot of times they step up to the call. Because they feel like somebody believes in them. They feel honored. Husbands, if you would honor your wives like Scripture tells you to, she might become more honorable. Wives, if you honor your husband, he might become more honorable. Instead of dishonoring it's like the whole idea of, you know, when you're carrying in groceries, if your wife pulls up with a car full of groceries and she doesn't carry any in because she's sprinting in the house to go pee. So it happens with Jessie every time because she won't use public restrooms. So every time she comes home, she has to run to a bathroom because... So she'll have a whole car full of groceries and she'll pull up to the house and she'll run in real fast and say, I need help unloading the groceries. Now, if I walk out to the car and I grab a couple handfuls of groceries, I'm helping you out, wives. If I come in with a handful of groceries and Jesse looks at me and says, do you call yourself a man? And you carried in two bags of groceries and one gallon of milk I could have carried more than that you should be ashamed and she dishonors me for the, my strength and the amount of groceries I carried and, and I just stopped what I was doing to come out and help her at the time she happened to pull up Right? guess what that makes me want to do not go out there and carry any more groceries but if I walk in the house and she's like whoa how I didn't even, I could barely go into the bathroom and you already jumped up, ran out there, brought in a load of groceries and you carried about as much as I could carry in the buggy. You know what, I'm, I'm going to be like, <laughs> you just start putting those in the fridge. I'll get the rest in one load. I'll stack it all the way up my arms till it's on my biceps. I'll have, you know, put a 12 pack of Coke on my shoulder and try to limp in with the, with the, you know, you can put that big toilet paper roll pack in between your legs because it's light and you can get it all in one load. Because why? Because honor 
encourages performance. You feel honored. You feel appreciated. The expectation. You honor, not dishonor. See, we're called to honor each other. Why? Because honor builds up and dishonor tears down. Every time. And I can be talking about honoring your mother. I can talk about honoring your father. I can talk about honoring each other as fellow Christians and church members. And I can, and we can go down the list, but always, no matter what relationship we're talking about giving honor in, to give honor is always going to build up. And to choose to dishonor is always going to tear down. Kind of like that message we talked about two weeks ago about gossip. So I want to look at Matthew 13, verse 54. And this is just a crazy story. You may have heard it before. But it, it still, no matter how many times I read it, it still just kind of blows my mind. We're talking about Jesus and the disciples. And remember, Jesus is doing all these mighty works. And the chapter before this, it tells us about these miracles that Jesus did. And he did some crazy miracles. He healed the woman with the issue of blood. And there was a little girl that was dead. And he raised her to life like he had done some crazy miracles. And the city that he just left, it says he healed everybody in the whole city that was sick. And now look what happens. And when he was coming to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man this wisdom and these mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brethren James and Joseph and Simon and Judas and his sisters. Are they not all with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? Wait a minute. We know him. Isn't that the carpenter? Wait, isn't his brother old so-and-so? So Aren't his sisters the ones that grew up with us and went to school with us? Isn't, isn't his mama Mary, that girl that... You remember she made up that lie when she was a teenager about the Holy Spirit got her pregnant? Isn't that his mama? They all just start talking and gossiping and isn't this him, isn't that who? Verse 57, and they were offended in him. Wait a second. First verse I read said that they were amazed and astonished at all his wisdom and understanding and all that. And now all of a sudden, after them just talking and murmuring about how ordinary he is and we know him and we know his family and all that, now they were offended in him. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. They didn't honor Jesus. And look at this last verse. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. He didn't do many mighty works because they didn't honor him. They didn't believe in Him. They didn't believe in the call. They didn't have the faith to believe that He was the Messiah because they knew Him when He was a kid. And He wasn't able to do many mighty works. The same story, um, let me read you how Mark words it. Mark 6, 1. 
Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked. What's this wisdom that has been given him? That he even does miracles. Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? And the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said unto them, Only in his hometown among his relatives and in his own house is a prophet without honor. And he could not do any miracles there. That's, that's what really gets me. That, Like Jesus could not do any miracles? He's all God, all man. But because this group of people chose to dishonor, they did not honor the prophet. It put a handicap on Jesus. He wasn't even able to do the mighty works. Except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Oh, just that. I mean, he wasn't even able to do anything impressive. All he did was lay his hands on a few sick people and healed them. Which seems a pretty big deal to me. But And he was amazed. Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. Jesus was amazed at their lack of faith. Are you amazing, Jesus? What, is my sin isn't amazing? No. What he did doesn't amaze you? No. My greatness doesn't amaze you? No. Only two times in the New Testament it says that Jesus was amazed. Right here where he was amazed by their lack of faith. And the other time in the New Testament where it says that Jesus was amazed is when the centurion came to him and, and had enough faith and he was amazed by the faith of the centurion, the belief of the centurion, that he honored Jesus and the call that was on him so much that he just believed. He said, you don't even have to go to my house. Just say the word and, and my servant will be healed. And Jesus had never done a miracle like that. Like all the miracles up to that point, Jesus didn't airmail miracles. Right? Jesus, like he laid hands on them or he spit in the mud and he put it in their eyes or he said, bring me water and then he turned it into wine. But every time it was hands on, Jesus didn't like, and the centurion was like, I don't care if it's never been done before. And Jesus was amazed by his faith because he didn't put limits on what God could do, on what Jesus could do. He honored Jesus. He honored the call. He wasn't familiar with him. When you dishonor someone, you make it so that you can't receive from them. Think about that. These whole people in this city, when they chose to dishonor Jesus, they're the ones that lost 
They're the ones that didn't receive from him. It wasn't that Jesus wasn't powerful. It wasn't that Jesus couldn't heal their sick or, or teach them these great teachings or help them you know, walk in purpose. All these things that Jesus could have offered to them. But they're the ones that lost out. They're the ones that missed out. Because they didn't honor Jesus. When you choose to dishonor someone, you make it so that you can't receive from them. So then you start thinking like, man, that ministry's really gone downhill. I just don't get anything from him anymore. Well, I would ask you to check. Because maybe the reason you're not getting anything anymore is because you've chosen to dishonor the call or the gift because you saw some flesh. Oh, every time so-and-so leads a song, I don't get anything out of it. Maybe it's because there's some offense there or there's some dishonor there. You don't honor that person for whatever reason. And then when you choose to dishonor, you can no longer receive from that person. You don't get all that you could from them because you choose to dishonor. Just saying, maybe it's you. Dishonor put a handicap on Jesus. It was nothing to do with Jesus and everything to do with them. When you dishonor someone, who is a spiritual leader, it hurts you. Like when people go to a new church and they talk about how good it is, but how great the service is or the worship or the whatever it is, the people pouring into their lives or the small group or whatever the thing is, and, and they talk about it and they honor it and it's great and they're getting fed and they're receiving things out of it and then a few months or a few years later, they get offended about something or this or that and and instead of going to the offender or working it out and finding healing and choosing to honor even though you see some of the flaws. And then they can't receive. So then you got to either not eat spiritually or move on and then it'll happen somewhere else and somewhere else because unless you find healing and work it out and, and choose to honor, like we're all humans. Just because I'm standing up here holding a microphone doesn't mean there's area like there's plenty of areas where I mess up or do the wrong thing or don't. Not that I'm not trying to do the right thing and not trying to live holy and stuff, but people mess up. We're all humans. So when you see that, can you still choose to honor? It'll benefit you. And not that you just overlook it and turn your head. You come to me. I'm not saying you don't call somebody out on their sin. But you don't choose to dishonor that person. A few different words were used in the New Testament for honor and dishonor. Um, and these words that were used here. And I'm going to tell you the two words, the two main words that are used in the New Testament. Um, there's a Greek word. Um, and this one is... Atimos, and it is to dishonor, to treat as common or ordinary. That's the one that Jesus used in those two that we just read that um, a prophet 
uh, doesn't get honor in his own town. That's actually the word that, that Jesus used there to treat as common or ordinary, to dishonor. The other word that's used a lot in the New Testament for honor is time. And it is, listen to this, this is what it means to honor someone. You want to honor somebody. Today, you want to honor your mother. This is what it means to honor someone biblically. It is to value, to respect, to highly esteem, to treat as precious, weighty, or valuable. That's how you honor somebody. You treat them as valuable, as precious. You choose to respect them, to show them that they have value and worth. And that can be done all different ways. That can be done through words or gifts or there's, there's tons of different ways that you can show honor to someone. And if you're not careful, then things that were special become common and ordinary. They just do. If you're not intentional and you're not careful, then, then things that used to be special and you honored and you, you gave everything and did everything, and then after a while, you're not intentional, they become ordinary. They become common. This is why when you see a couple together and they're just dating, they're all in, head over heels, in love with each other, and they're honoring each other and doing everything they can and buying gifts and talking and notes and cards and driving to go see them for five minutes before they go into work and whatever, like you're just, it's easy when it's new, but then over time when they're married for several years and life hits and storms hit and all the stuff happens, it's real easy to just start to treat them as ordinary or common. But that's not good. That's not the relationship that we want or that we could have. So we need to choose honor. So here's the difference, because I know some people are sitting here thinking, well, what, so is honor just respect? Here's the difference. Honor is given. Respect is earned. So like, for you to have my respect, you earn that by things that you do and you, you earn my respect, but honor is something I give. Meaning you don't have to earn honor for me to be able to give it. No, uh, Sky was in school and there's been some problems with this one teacher and nothing major, but we, we feel like the teacher was not in line on several different things or really like I feel like he just misread Sky and thought he had an attitude when he didn't or different things that he just kind of misread who he was as a kid and um, I'm not going to say too many details or anything but this guy stood Sky up in front of the school brought him up during class not in front of the school in front of his class and uh, had him on the school phone he called me. We're going to call your dad. But he did it in front of the whole class, and he calls up and says, Hello, this is Mr. So-and-so, and your son is, you know, he's being disrespectful. And uh, 
it seems to me that he's got different priorities than good grades in his class and said several things like that. And then I said, I'm very sorry to hear about that. You know, I'll talk to him and we'll straighten it out at home. I'll, I'll talk to my son. And if we need to talk back, we, you know, I just tried to, because I don't know really what's going on from Sky. And he says, when I said, I'll take care of it at home, he said, well, he's standing right here. Would you like to do it now? Here he is. And then he put Sky on the phone in front of the whole class. And then Sky says, standing there on the phone with him in front of the class while the teacher is standing there listening, I said, dude, what's going on? And he said, I don't respect him. He has done nothing to earn my respect. He's actually done things to earn. And I said, oh, hold on, Sky. Then, okay, I get that. I understand where you're coming from. I know some of the things he's done. But now we'll choose to honor his position as your teacher and as your authority. You don't agree with everything he does. I don't agree with everything he does. But that's going to happen in life. You're going to have bosses and you're going to have presidents and you're going to have people in your life. And you're not going to agree with everything they like. So you can choose to honor a position because they're an authority over you. See, you don't, you don't have to even, you don't have to respect them same as a police officer. You may not respect every police officer, and there's a bunch of them that you probably would respect if you got to know them, but you honor the position. You choose to honor because they are in authority, and Scripture tells us that we're supposed to honor those that are placed in authority over us. Scripture also tells us that God has the, the heart of the king in his hand and he raises up kings and he pulls down kings and he raises up presidents and he pulls down presidents and we are told in Scripture to pray for the people that are over us. And so whether we like them or not, whether we 100% agree with them or not, I know that might step on some toes, but you can choose to honor the position you can choose to honor the office because as a Christian, that's what we're supposed to do. That's what we're supposed to look like. We're supposed to choose to pray for them, to honor them. Even if we don't agree, you can choose to honor the position or the office even if you don't agree with them. We'll look at Numbers 12. Actually, since it's taking long, I don't want to take too long. So I was going to read you this whole story, but I will just tell you the story. And you can go back and read it if you want to, if you've not heard it. This is a weird story. It's in Numbers 12. And this is after Moses had gotten all the children of Israel freed from slavery. And if you don't know, I'm sure you've heard of Moses. Well, Moses had a sister named Miriam and a brother named Aaron. And Miriam, like, did some worse. She was a, one of the first worship leaders we know of. And Aaron was like Moses' right-hand man. And what happens in this story, you can go read it. It's Numbers 12. But what happens is Moses, who's leading all the people, he meets this Ethiopian woman. And he falls in love with her. And she's of a different race and a different skin color than him. And he chooses to marry her. 
And his sister Miriam and his brother Aaron got pretty upset about that. But then what they did is they began to dishonor Moses over that. They began to talk bad about him, run their mouths behind his back and dishonor him. And they started saying things like, well, is he the only one that can hear from God? Well, we don't have to wait on him to hear from God. God speaks to us too. God spoke to me. Has he spoke to you? Yeah, he spoke to me. Yeah, he spoke to old so-and-so in a dream too. This is what they start saying. And they begin to dishonor Moses and the call that was on his life. So you know what happens? God tells Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, I want to talk to y'all now. And before, you'd have to go into like the inner tabernacle that had the tent. It was called the tent of meeting. And so to talk to God, like Moses would go all the way in and talk to God. And there was like this outer porch. And if you go read the story, it says that God said, I want to talk to Miriam and Aaron, and I'm going to meet them at the front door. I'm going to break the rules because they're dishonoring Moses. So they show up and God wants to talk to them and, and God talks to them. And you know what he does? He gives Miriam leprosy. And so it says when God went away that they looked at Miriam and, and the scripture tells us that she was white like snow. That she was a leper. So they're sitting there making fun and being prejudiced and and dishonoring the leader that God had set in place. And God gave her leprosy. Like, that's pretty harsh. And then Aaron freaks out and says, Oh no, Moses, we're sorry. Oh, you don't give her leprosy. And then Moses, he writes, this is that chapter that Moses, you know, Moses wrote the book of Numbers. And Moses wrote about himself. Now Moses was the most humble man on the earth. Which... I don't know if you write that about yourself, if you are, but anyways. Moses went to God and begged God, please don't do this to her. Please heal her. I beg you, I beseech thee, King James says. Please heal her. And God's like, well, even if her dad spit on her, she'd have to go out of the camp for seven days. There would be punishment. This is what God was saying back to Moses. Moses said, please just punish her, but don't let it be this permanent death sentence where she's got to be exiled from everybody because it's so contagious. And so God said, all right, tell her to get outside of the camp and nobody has contact with her for seven days and then y'all can bring her back in the camp. That's fine. So they kicked her out for seven days and she had leprosy. And then after seven days, she comes back into the camp and and they move on, and, and she's fine. You know, leprosy, it attacks your nerve endings, and it attacks your feelings, so like the tips of your fingers start to rot off, and you can't feel anymore, and your nose, and the tips of your ears, and all this, and then eventually it kills you, works away, but the point is, when you choose to dishonor, you lose feeling. Also with leprosy and, and even her punishment was that she had to be cut off from the people. Cut off from relationship. Cut off from God's presence and his voice. You start to lose feeling and you're cut off and you feel detached. Or a preacher brings a word and you don't get anything out of it. 
or a whole worship service goes by and you just don't feel anything. You don't feel the Spirit. You don't feel His presence. You, you, you say a prayer and you just can't even think of anything to pray. And this might be a big eye-opener for some of us today, but I'm here to tell you that if you've lost feeling, it could be because you don't have honor. And that's really like a hard thing to preach because in our cancel culture, it's like we're encouraged to dishonor and disrespect. And, and if you make me mad, then I'll just write you off, cancel you. We're done. But God says we're supposed to honor. We honor God. We honor each other. We honor His, His kids. The honor that I show to the people around me is a direct reflection of my honor for God. How do we do it? We celebrate others. We call out the potential in others. You know, to honor someone could just be simply, I see you. Hey, I see. I see you. You're valuable to me. I, I see worth in you. I see the things that you're doing. I see you carrying a lot of groceries. I see you stepping up to the call that God's placed on your life. So if I just take a minute as we wrap up this service, I'd like to just honor this Mother's Day. So I honor all the mothers that are listening. I honor you for the sacrifices that you've made for your kids. I, I honor my mom. Mom, I honor you for all the children that you had and for raising us and for loving us and trying to instill in us the, the things that you have and for... Like this is what I'm standing here doing right now as part of your legacy. And so I honor you today for all that you've poured into me. I honor my wife, the mother of my kids. And you guys will never know how much she does for me and how much she honors me and covers me. I honor you today. And I, I look around the room and I could just sit here and honor each one of you for my brother-in-law, R.J. Kofel. I honor you, R.J., for the man that you choose to be. You fought battles that I've never fought and you beat them. And I'm proud of you and honor you for the father and the husband and the teammate and the team player that you are. You see, 30 seconds of honor can change the atmosphere in a room. When you choose to honor, something shifts. Something changes for the better. It releases the mighty works 
that God can do and wants to do and that, that Jesus will move in and do some things. But sometimes it's like there's a wall or a block there. And I'm telling you that if you will start to honor, honor the people in your life, that you're going to see some big things start to happen. Even 30 seconds of honor can change the atmosphere in a room. Who are we supposed to honor? Number one, we're told throughout Scripture, I'm not even going to turn to these Scriptures. If you're writing stuff down, you can, you can write it down if you want to go back and look at it. But we're told to honor God. We honor God through the tithe, through the first fruits, through giving of our gifts. We honor God through our bodies. Right? There are certain things we just won't do because we're the temple of the living God and that honors God. We honor God through our worship, through our praise, through our thanksgiving. Proverbs 3, 9 is where I was going to go to talk about honoring God. The second thing is we're supposed to honor our parents. Exodus 20, 12. Honor your father and mother. Well, who else do we honor? We're called as Christians to honor people in a position of authority over us. The president, the police officers, your, whoever, your boss at work. As Christians, we're called to honor them. And like I said a few minutes ago, we don't have to agree with everything. It could be the guy we voted for. It could be the guy we just didn't want in there. But either way. God raises them up and God pulls them down. So we honor them and we pray for them. We pray for wisdom and strength and healing and hope. So we honor the people that are in a position of authority over us. Romans 13, 1 through 7 is what I was going to read about that. Husbands, honor your wives. Wives, honor your husbands. And like the first verse that we read in Romans tells us, we should honor each other. 1 Timothy 5.17 tells us that we should honor our pastors and our spiritual leaders and that we should give them double honor. And the only reason I, I bring that up is because I feel like you guys are really good at, like you guys honor me and Jesse, and y'all are really good at that. And so the only reason I wanted to bring that up was as a reminder that it's not just me up here as the pastor, but you know, the people that are sitting back there taking care of your kids and teaching them the things of God and the Bible. And like, let's honor all of our spiritual leaders, our youth leaders and our kids space leaders and our children's pastors and our, because Paul told Timothy, give them double honor. He says, if they're searching out the scriptures and giving you the things that you need to live this life of purpose, then, then they're worthy of double honor. They're worthy of, Two gift cards, because they keep the nursery so much. Honor your spiritual leaders. As Christians, we're supposed to do that. If honor is in you, it comes out. The warrior finds honor in service. King David is a great example of this. David was the greatest warrior that Israel has ever known. And King Saul was trying to kill him. Right? He tried to pin him to a wall with a spear at dinner, and he barely dodged it and got away. That's some high-stakes dodgeball going on at that dinner table. Dodged that thing and got away and ran for his life. And David had a chance to kill Saul at least two times that we know of. And you know what David said? 
I will not touch God's anointed. But Saul, God had already rejected him. God had already anointed David as the king. Like God was done with Saul. He had made some really bad decisions. And instead of going to God, he went to a witch, a fortune teller, like all these things. And so David could have easily justified like he's done. But David still said, even though Saul was trying to kill him, David said, nah, I won't hurt him. I'm not going to touch him. You know what that is? That's honor. Not for the man. David probably couldn't stand him. Oh, you know, Saul was also David's um, ex-father-in-law. And they had some real bad blood there. But David still chose to honor what? The position. Because he was the king. And God set him in. And he didn't like him and he was killing him. And maybe you, you might not even like our president, but I bet he's not hunting you down trying to kill you with a spear. I mean, I doubt it's as bad as old David had it with his king. And he still chose to honor. One time David and all his men came home, and it was when they lived in, they were camped out and had this town in Ziklag, and they came home, and everything was stolen. Everything was taken, including their wives and kids who would have been raped and thrown into slavery and anything horrible. And it says all the guys fell down, freaked out, and started crying, and they cried until there were no more tears inside of them to come out. And David strengthened himself and he went and prayed to God and he came back and said, hey guys, we're going to get back everything that we lost. And they took off running after them and, and they're pursuing them and they're all tired and they can't handle it. And they get to this creek and 200 of David's men were too weak to go on. Oh, I can't go on anymore. I guess I'll just have to lose my wife and kids and everything I have. I can't imagine getting that tired that I would give up but 200 of the men gave up. Either they were cowards or they were just so tired or they weren't willing to fight for their wives and kids and all their stuff. So David and the other men press on and I'm gonna make the long story really short. They go on and they get all the stuff back, including all the wives and all the kids, everybody. Now imagine being those wives and kids when David and the other men come in and they're kicking butt and they're freeing you from slavery and all and they and you're like where's my husband he got tired he's laying by the creek are you serious what <laughs> but it tells us in first samuel that as they came back when they got back to the creek like all those guys those 200 men that were too tired to come on and stayed and they stayed by the stuff um that all the men that were with David fighting, they said, no, nah, they ain't getting nothing. They ain't getting any of their stuff. I ain't giving them back any of their stuff. They didn't come and fight for it. They're a bunch of cowards. They don't get anything. They don't deserve that. No, they ain't getting nothing. We might just give them their wives and kids back and tell them, get on out of here. We don't need y'all. And David said, oh, no, 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 no. That's not how it's going to be. You see, what they did was they stayed with the stuff, and it was a very important job that we needed to happen so they get an equal share, and from here on out, that's a law in Jerusalem, and unto this day, it's still a law. Anybody that stays with the stuff while the other ones go to war gets an equal portion, equal share, equal pay. And I think David just made that up in front of all their wives and kids that were so disappointed, so they looked like they had a job. I told them to stay with the stuff. Oh, he was doing a job, son. You, that's why your dad didn't come, because he had to protect the stuff. 
And David showed those 200 tired cowards honor, even though they were not honorable. He honored them. David was the greatest warrior king. Remember Noah? He built an ark. This man was so full of faith that he got on a boat made out of wood with two termites, two wood beetles, two carpenter bees, two beavers, and at least a couple of woodchucks. And I don't know how much wood a woodchuck can chuck, if a woodchuck could chuck wood, but it's probably a lot. I don't want to get on a wooden boat with them. Beavers and termites. And I mean, man had some faith. And then he rode around on a boat for 40 days and 40 nights with thousands of animals and insects and all of his family. And as soon as they got off the boat, you know what he did? Grew a vineyard as fast as he could, made wine, got drunk, and passed out naked in his tent. And you would too. (laughs) Maybe you wouldn't. But one of his son's name was Ham. And he was was probably mad at his dad because he named him Ham. But he came in and saw his dad drunk. That was a moment of weakness. It was a major failure on the man of faith, Noah, that just saved mankind and all the animals. He's drunk, naked, passed out in a tent. And his son Ham came in and dishonored him and made fun of him and went out and said, <laughs> go look at dad, he's in the tent naked and he's passed out and he's drunk and he's acting. And he went out and made fun of him. You know what the other two sons did? They went to the door of the tent. They held a blanket between them and their backs facing their dad so that they would not even look at his nakedness. And they walked in the tent backwards looking down until they saw his feet stick out from under the blanket. They knew that they were far enough back and they laid the blanket down over top of their dad. And then later on in that story, this, that's in Genesis 9 if you want to go read it. But in that story, the two brothers that honored their dad even though their dad wasn't being honorable, they received a blessing. And old Ham, you think he got cursed? No, his son Canaan got cursed. Go read the story. Dishonor affected future generations. His dishonor affected his son. And his sons became servants because he chose to dishonor someone that was in lead. And Noah, he did mess up. It wasn't like Noah was doing the right thing. It was a mistake. This principle is found all throughout Scripture. Honor, honor. God wanted us to get the point. It's hard to honor someone that isn't honorable. But if you create an atmosphere of honor, a pattern of honor, it benefits you and your children. And their children, and their children and you will see great things in your life. You know how we stand when a bride comes in the room? When a bride's coming in in a wedding and everybody stands, all rise. That's to honor her. Have you ever noticed like at most funerals, when the pallbearers bring in the casket, everybody stands up. It's to honor the life of the person that that has gone on. Or how we stand up for the national anthem and the flag. It's to honor. 
our country and freedom and you may not agree with everything but we stand to honor um, one time when Stephen was getting stoned to death for preaching the gospel and doing the right thing it says that the heavens opened and, Jesus, and Stephen saw Jesus standing on the right hand of God and ever since the cross every time we see up to that point we're told about Jesus he's sitting on the right hand of God the Father. And at that point, Stephen, the heavens opened up and Stephen saw Jesus standing. Well, I think Stephen was getting honored by Jesus. Just like we stand to honor something, Jesus stood to honor Stephen because he was walking out the purpose and the call that was on his life. Saul was standing there holding the coats so that the men could throw the stones and kill him. And Stephen cried out the same thing that Jesus cried out from the cross as he was being killed. Father, forgive them. And Jesus stood up to honor him. So I want to ask you if you're willing and able. Um, if you would stand today just where you are to honor the mothers. The mothers in this house, the mothers in your life, the mothers, all of you had a mother and some of you have kids. And, but today we're going to stand and, and I've got this video to end out the service. And so I thought we'd watch this video standing to honor all the mothers that have sacrificed so much for us. Let me start by saying I believe mothers should be respected. Love, honored, and cherished, most certainly they should be protected. Webster tells us that a mother is a female parent, one who gives birth. But for those of us with a good mom, we know of her even greater worth. She was the one who was always there, knowing just the right time to say yes. Though hated then, we see now that even her nose were meant for our best. In times of hurt, her words captivated our hearts, working what some would call her mommy magic. We see now that it was just grace and love as she helped us through times so tragic. But before we get swept away in a world of fairy tales and myths, we give pause realizing that Mother's Day for all is not a day of joy and bliss. For some people, the thought of Mother's Day causes them to mourn for this day is one of great pain and suffering, a day where their heart is torn. Divorced, abused, abandoned, words that have left many moms feeling alone as they never settled into their role, trying instead to protect the children in their home. And what about the pain endured by those who could never have a baby, leading them to believe that God's love is at best a maybe. For all you young ladies who long for the great treasure of a new birth, May I speak life into your heart. It is your heart, not your womb, that is the measure of your true worth. The emptiness you feel right now because there is no life within your womb can only be filled by the gospel, not a child, a job, or even a faithful, loving groom. And others of you may be struggling from the fact that you bought the world's distortion. The pain you feel today is rooted in yesterday's abortion. Before we go any further, allow me to speak life where death may reign. Jesus' blood is sufficient to cleanse even the darkest sin stain. 
and to heal the deepest soul's pain. Draw from your past, but don't live there, for to do so will turn your heart to stone. But look to the love of Jesus, a love that on an old rugged cross for the world was shown. On that cross, Jesus commissioned his earthly mom with a very exciting task, one that would change her world and another's. What was it, you ask? Behold, your son, Mary, he spoke concerning the disciple for whom he had a special love. An adoption at a funeral, something so beautiful it could have only been written from above. For all the moms who gained the status not in a hospital but rather in a court of law, we praise God that through adoption you too answered the motherhood call. And finally, for those whose moms are no longer on this earth in sod, we pray that today we'll find you cherishing the moments and mothers given to you by God. Moms, we stand in your honor today. We thank you for all that you've done. May you continue to mom well until you can no longer see the sun. S-U-N. You know the ball of fire that hangs in the sky. May the S-O-N reignite your passion. May you pass it on before you die. May all the hurts and the joys and the pains of your story simply just not be wasted. But may they from your memory be cut and on your children's heart be pasted. Happy Mother's Day, moms. We truly value all your tendencies and yes, even your little quirks. But most of all, we thank you for modeling for us the truth that love truly works. Let's pray. God, we thank you. Thank you for the sacrifice that, that the mothers make for all of us as kids. God, we thank you for this message and for speaking to our hearts and our mind. Help us to choose honor, to choose to be honorable and to be a people of honor, that we would honor our mothers and honor our fathers and honor our leaders and honor you as our God and our King. And we would honor each other. We want to look like you. God, we love you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen.